Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. Welcome to episode 197 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the first episode of March 2017, and a very special episode because I am sitting here with two women, and we are going to be celebrating women in Kaiju history for Women's History Month. Please welcome to the show, uh, you out there in the audience listening, Rachel Cook. Hello there. And Gretchen Brooks. Hi. Why? Welcome to the show. So, obviously, people know Rachel here. She's been on the podcast for many a year. Yes, And indeed. people are very familiar with how much she obsesses over baby kaiju mm-hmm. and how she likes cute monsters, yep. especially Pigmon. Indeed. As uh, I sit here in my Pigmon hoodie. That is right. Yeah. You are wearing a lovely Pigmon patched hoodie. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. But unfortunately, people don't know you very well. The only time you've been on the podcast so far, two times technically. Yeah. <laughs> the first was right after we went and saw the Rift Tracks Mothra. Right. Which was a lot of fun. I'm glad you were on for that. Uh, and then the second time, you were totally in the background of the last emergency <laughs> broadcast and uh, helping out like crazy. So, welcome. Those weird photos were me taking pictures <laughs> in the background. You're and the prize social boxes. social media <laughs> coordinator for the day. So, Gretchen, uh, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Explain who you are to the listeners. I mean, I met you through Lady Kyle. Yeah. And uh, I was thrilled to find out that Gretchen is also a... Uh, semi-obsessed with yokai. Oh, yeah. And also loves herself a giant monster movie. Yeah, Godzilla. Well, I think my main love right now is Hedra. <laughs> <laughs> just the movie Ladies is Ladies love Hedra. Great. Yeah, yeah they so are weird. great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it, we just love trash. It's weird. Right? I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> He's so cute with his like little blah, 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 arms. Yeah. We're like raccoons. Yes. We just, we love our garbage. Right. Yeah. We had a discussion about raccoons. We did. This here. actually relates to an earlier conversation that none of the listeners know about. Wow. Right. Yeah. I don't even know about <laughs> yeah. this one. Exactly. Okay. We thought we saw a raccoon. We thought we, yeah. We were sure. a giant monster raccoon? Sure. Oh, I wish. It's Portland. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Could be. Could be. It just hasn't eaten enough. So uh, we wanted to talk about women in kaiju film because I, I honestly feel like this is a subject that A, is related to the month we're in, March, being Women's History Month. Uh, but B, it's also a subject that I would just in general love to talk about. And, you know, this doesn't even have to be the only time we ever discuss it on the podcast. But I think that women are an important part of kaiju movies. There are obviously some exceptions to that. and We can go over some of that as well. Uh, but for me, I love a strong female lead. You know, we talked about it a little bit before. Like GMK is one of my favorite movies. And the character, Yuri Tachibana, even as a male watching these movies, I find her drive and her character and everything, like really everything about how she's written to be very inspiring. 
And mm-hmm. I'm like along with her on the ride the entire, you know, in, almost the entire movie. And it's just like, I love that so much, so much more than like Miehama in King Kong versus Godzilla, who is apparently the Fay Ray of that movie and cannot mm-hmm. escape from King Kong's, you know, attempts or Godzilla even. Right. So right. like, She's always falling down, always getting caught. Like yeah. <laughs> that like literally is annoying mm-hmm. as a movie watcher to see that trope so frequently in the movies. I'm kind of wondering how you guys feel about Well, it keeps me from wearing high heels, that's for sure. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm obviously gonna trip or fall in some form of movie. <laughs> yes. That that is that is usually what happens, yes. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. I think that um, it is, it's, it's something that I think there, there's two aspects of it. It's frustrating if I'm really like, if, if I watch a lot of movies where there's a lot of strong female roles and then I watch something where they have the girl that's like ditzy and falling over or just like her only thing is to be pretty. Like it's really irritating to me. Um, when I watch it in like after watching a bunch of movies with strong lead character, but if I watch, I don't know, for example, like in Ultraman, like on the Science Patrol, like I love Fuji. I've always loved Fuji. I've always been really excited that there's like a female on the Science Patrol and I'm like, oh, she's so amazing. But when I went to watch some like Fuji centric episodes to talk about for this episode, I'm like, oh, she kind of does some of that stuff that is not great for like a female lead. Like she does some kind of. You know, she like is the one to go get coffee for the guy. She get the coffee. Yeah, and like there's a scene where in um the one that also has a Ragon in it. Mm -hmm. Um, that episode, she like she goes off with um, is it the little brother? What's his name? The little kid. Oh, Oshino. Oshino. Um, they go off on their little vacation, and like at some point. When, like, Ragon's after them, or, like, or is it another monster in that one? I can't remember. Um, It might be Ragon that's running after them. And then, in order to, like, save Fuji, Hoshino goes chasing after the monster. It's like this yeah. little kid. It just, like, looked kind of bad. It's, like, really, like, the adult woman who's clearly going to be, like, stronger, should be bolder person. Like, no, it's, like, the they send the tiny little boy. Like yeah. he's it's like, always I'll bothered save the me. day. Like, like old old films. It's yeah. always bothered me when they're like people are like, that woman's hysterical. Get her out of here. You right. <laughs> oh, banana oil. <laughs> what? Uh, it's a famous quote from uh, Godzilla Raids again. Yes. Um, so, oh man, we gotta watch that. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that's the the re the revisioning. Uh, the, the, um, it, well, it's the, the American the release dub when they say yeah. it, right? They yes. Say, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very, like a specific memory from George Takei. He remembers that they were trying to match up with the, <laughs> what the dialogue said or what the, you know, the mouth was moving like from the Japanese release. And they said, ah, banana oil, which apparently even in 1959 or whenever it was re-released, that was still a super outdated term. Wow. <laughs> like, so, yeah, banana oil. I guess oil. I never yeah. paid attention to that one. Yeah. It's yeah. Funny one. Totally yeah. worth not paying attention to. 
<laughs> just in terms of it's, that alone. It's just great to bring up randomly to yeah, get totally. that reaction there of like, what? Now I know. <laughs> Banana oil. Banana uh, oil. So uh, Gretchen and Rachel and I all sat down and watched some movies and talked a lot about sort of like women in kaiju history. Um, what I thought we should start out with was one of the more fun aspects of women in kaiju films. And that's actually kaiju that are played by women. Mm-hmm. There are only three, at least that I know of. And uh, the first one we'll talk about, going in chronological order, is Super Gauss and Gamera Guardian of the Universe from 1995. That was played by an actress named Yumi Kanayama. And uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about how she did. I don't know anything no, about no that stuff. There's no information about her. There's very little information about all of these. I mean, it's very little information about suit actors outside of the big three, which would be Haruo Nakajima, Kempashiro Satsuma, and Tom Kitagawa, who were the, basically the three big Godzillas. But outside of them, there's mm-hmm. generally very little information on suit actors, male or female. Well, it's interesting that um, a female actor played... Because uh, isn't Super Gauss, isn't Gauss female? I think what they say is that Gauss it's, is able to change yeah. its uh, its, it's sex like a, depending it's a, on... It's like a frog. Oh, yeah. that's right. Okay, so not necessarily for sure female. Those no, it's, it's, it's yeah. by gender. Right, yeah, okay, yeah. yes. So, but, uh, I mean, from a movie which apparently uh, isn't as good of, as a you know, feminist base, right? Gamera Guardian of the Universe as its sequels. Yeah. But definitely brand new information to me, and I think it's awesome. It's mm-hmm. weird that we... I guess it's not that weird. I want to say it's weird that we don't get a female kaiju actress until the 90s. Mm. But in Japan, I would imagine that in terms of Japanese traditions, a female stunt actor, essentially, is probably very rare, especially in the show so. era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it is surprising that it's the newest one that, that it doesn't happen until the nineties. It also is such dangerous work. It's like, I would, I wouldn't sure. want to yeah. do it. It gets dropped from the yeah. title. It's like, Oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They really filmed that in outer space. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It's just the upper atmosphere. But the, uh, well, let's talk about the next actress. Let's talk about Rie Ota. Mm-hmm. From Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All at Attack, who she played Baragon. She's so cute. Yeah. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Actually, if you have not seen it, I'm going to put a link to a YouTube video in the show notes where you can watch Otasan playing Baragon, and it is just delightful. Yes. So, yes. so cool. It's fantastic. She actually she does the it. sounds. Yeah. She'll. She'll do his roars and she, yeah, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> she so should. Great. They should absolutely bring like her to a, a convention. At some oh, point. Is she awesome. still? Well, I mean, obviously, I haven't done a Baragon movie in a while, but I mean, is she still doing the suit acting? Or you know, it, I, what's the, the? There's I'm no info. Not sure. I don't actually have uh, any way to tap into that sort of like knowledge base. It's just in terms of Godzilla suit acting, kaiju suit acting. I could maybe dig a little bit and find out if she has done any more, but overall, I would say, like I said, these, you know, outside of the big three, it's really hard to find information at mm-hmm. all. Not to mention, if you think about what most productions need stunt people for, it's for like the Sentai shows, right? So 
that's where you get mm. a lot of people who go into the stunt work. For example, not a, not a female, but Mizuho Yoshida, who played GMK's Godzilla, he actually did work in both kaiju stunt acting and tokusatsu sentai heroes stunt acting too. Mm. So I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she played some of those like fully masked weird characters. She may do it, but I just don't know, unfortunately. Yeah. It, she, so she wears this like pink bodysuit in the video that like yeah. as, for what she's wearing underneath the Baragon suit. And, uh, it makes me think that she would play a pretty good pink ranger. Yeah, yeah, Power Rangers. She could totally nail it. Well, the next actress in our list is named Naoko Kamio, and she actually has played pink Sentai heroes. I can't oh. say for sure if it's like the pink ranger, but right. uh, in addition to playing Sentai characters, she also played Rodan, and okay. Mia in Godzilla Final Wars. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And actually, right. Rodan, Rodan has one of my favorite parts in that movie of all time. Like, when he attacks New York, take the people away in the street who I who annoy me. But the, <laughs> uh, the actual attack on New York, I thought mm-hmm. was really well shot. So yeah. she did a phenomenal job. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And so, like, I looked up her, just even her credit list on Wikipedia, which, you mm-hmm. know, American Wikipedia is not going to be as thorough as Japanese Wikipedia. We don't get all that information that they do. So, honestly, I was surprised to see so many things that she has played hmm. in the Sentai shows. Cool. They're all shows that I have n- I've never watched before. So sure. I'm kind of like sure he has common right. <laughs> He's yeah. watching Mighty That's Morphin right. Power Rangers. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to admit it, you guys. <laughs> I, uh... Thank God I could finally come clean. <laughs> yeah. They probably. I want. I tried to rewatch. Like I loved watching those when I was a youngin. But uh, but I tried to rewatch some of the Power Rangers and like Brian and I actually found it really hilarious. They had all these different versions of them on Netflix, and we just were watching the openings of each of the different ones because they've come up with like. All these different, like the there's like car ones, yeah. were the, and there's were you like watching the Japanese themed ones, or ones? The American ones. We were watching the American ones. Okay, and so we were just watching the openings of all of them and laughing so hard because they're ridiculous. <laughs> was, so that's a fun thing to do when you're bored. So well, we yeah. learned that for those Ultraman, the new Ultraman stuff. It's that uh-huh. they, they do the same thing. Like all, it's all toys. It's like weird things that have to come apart, put them back together, and create new things and oh, try. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely feels more uh, children centric. Yeah, we'll say, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, very familiar, still entertaining. That. <laughs> but it's okay. Kind of like it's eh, okay. this is selling me toys. Okay, I mean <laughs> it works. We will buy toys, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I, I know Kyle though. knows nothing about that. But, no, uh, no, I'm not staring yeah. at the Ultraman right. gun. Literally. Right. Oh yeah, right there. <laughs> I picked up a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. I, it totally works on me too. Yeah. Anyway, back to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I would be more than happy to see more females playing, you know, Kaiju. It's just one of those things where mm-hmm. I feel it's a real dude heavy profession stunt mm-hmm. work, but mm-hmm. it's good to know uh, that there are the ladies out there representing. And whilst you were talking, I actually brought up the partial filmography of Naoko Kamio, and so you can witness, bear witness to me stumbling over these names here, because I have never seen them, <laughs> and I think you'll know why when I start reading them. Samurai Sentai Shinkenger, 
Engine Sentai Go Onger versus Geki Ranger. Hmm. Oh, this one's easy. Common Rider Kiva. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here that uh, she's done. I'm curious, however, how do you guys feel about female kaiju? That's one of those mm. things that never really enters into my mind unless somebody uh, goes, oh, Godzilla's a female. And then, then huh? I get sort of like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> they refer to him as he in all yeah. the movies. And then they explain their theories to me and I, I acknowledge like, those. Okay. But, well, I mean, it, there's a... The theory that I've heard that makes the most sense, right, is that there is Godzilla from uh-huh. the very first movie, mm-hmm. which is killed. And okay. the Godzilla yeah. that shows up in the second movie, Godzilla Raids Again, is a female Godzilla. And that is the, hmm. that is the monster you see all the way through Destroy All Monsters, maybe. I'm not exactly sure how that hmm. theory goes. I kind of lose interest after a while just because it's, that's a fan theory and that's cool. I'm more interested in legitimized canon stuff from the minds of Toho. Sure. The perfectly formed and always coming up with good ideas minds of Toho. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, I mean, female kaiju, Mothra. Mothra, I I think of mostly when I I think of female kaiju. But I, I wouldn't say that I specifically seek out like oh i want to watch all female kaiju mm-hmm. movies because to me it's it's nothing to do with gender it's all about yeah, their gender's not just, important yeah, yeah, yeah i, I yeah, don't yeah. think about sort of it yeah i was wondering so, if you guys feel like oh no gender's I mean, important in a kaiju not important in a kaiju but well <laughs> do you ever um, do you ever it go doesn't man even... that's representation i like <laughs> shows right up i'm just kidding i, I mean that i wasn't the case I have like a weird, I mean, I'm thrilled about the Mothra twins, but yeah. I'm a twin, so that's part of it, I think, for me, where I'm like, ha, ah, they're so cute, like, and I'm like, I'm a twin, and they're twins, that's great, you know, I know that I'm a cornball, but, um, but, <laughs> but, I, she gets it. I, but, you know, I can relate, and <laughs> they're adorable, and I want to be them. So yeah. and I need their outfits. I like but, the uh, the bad yeah. the bad fairy. So oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her like purple. Oh, she's awesome. What's what is her name? Uh, Belvera. Belvera. Yes. I didn't even have to look that up. That, See, good job. Good job. See, I, yeah. I actually. What is her I hate those creature movies, called? But I don't really hate those. Uh, Garu Garu. Garu Garu. Aw, that's <laughs> cute. That's I a see. sound. That's yeah, like automatopoeia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Garu Garu. <laughs> Should we just actually? talk a little bit about the Mothra movies because sure. uh, you yeah. wanted to talk about them and Gretchen you wanted to talk about them and I didn't shoot it down necessarily I don't know how you felt when I, I didn't that, but, uh, I didn't prepare <laughs> uh, well no so I was just saying like when you mentioned those movies earlier those movies have obviously very strong female leads I mean they essentially run the movie well they're also Mothra. considered children's films that's and that was sort of my my yeah. argument there's a couple of movies in the Godzilla series where I'm like, hmm, that's an adult and a child. Like, yeah. how I feel like anytime the kid is like a powerful character, like a stronger mm-hmm. character, I feel like that is generally means it's a child centric or maybe like a family centric mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Although I would, yeah, I, I think that that is the case most of the time. But um, one of the films that I love that does have you know, female roles in it and stuff is 
the the primary character I would say is the little girl, and that's Godzilla X Mechagodzilla, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's yeah. I mean, I I talked about it at length in when we did the Daikaiju discussion, but um, but she she does you know play I think a, a big role in that. Obviously, it also has a female lead mm-hmm. that um, I don't remember her name, and I don't know the little girl's name either. But you know, they have several conversations, and they. That they really, I feel like, are big points in the film. Although the, the guy is too. There's the dad character that yeah, the scientist you know, guy, yeah. the scientist guy. And so you're talking about uh, Godzilla X Mechagodzilla. That would be Akane Yashiro is the character name of the pilot, mm-hmm. and then Sarah is the little girl's name. Okay, I, I love that there is you know that they are main characters in the film. Yeah, and I think that it's kind of you know they're kind of have the love story going on a little bit between the dad and the and the female lead but it's i wouldn't say that it, it's like a love story kind of movie either sure so, yeah yeah i uh, think that takes a back seat i mean obviously most kaiju films any time there's a romance we talked about this actually a few years ago for the mm-hmm. um for the valentine's day episode uh, where yeah. we talked about the fact that there are some love stories Mm-hmm. But they usually take a back seat to all the kaiju action. Yes. Thank goodness. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'd be bring on more monsters. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that well, one of the issues that I would have trying to really watch a love story unfold during a kaiju film is I feel like it would have to be written really well so mm-hmm. that I didn't lose interest in one or the other aspect of the movie, the giant monster action or the love story. So I honestly feel like if something was written well, we could have a great love story. Sure. The ones that we've seen in the movies that, again, have been really subdued in the plot have really not been written well. I mean, they're mm-hmm. sort of uh, – they're filled with cliches and filled with sure. people making mostly claims. No, mm-hmm. There's not really a lot of action that you see on screen for kaiju love stories. But <laughs> they, I mean, they are what they are. I think this actually is probably a good time for us to play a song – Okay. And okay. then we'll move on to the next part of this chat here. We're going to play the original Mothra twins singing the original Mothra Yay. song. <laughs> Hamba hamba muyang landa pangura dan 
So we're back, and I thought this would be a perfect time for us to move on to the next portion of this discussion. If you are interested in women's studies, I'm assuming, or if you're interested in film studies, you should be interested in the Bechtel test. I'll say this later on in the episode. It is a very low bar set with this test, but it's an important test all the same, especially for representing women in film. The Bechtel test sometimes called the Mo Movie Measure or the Bechtel Rule, is a simple test which names the three following criteria. So it has to match these three rules. Number one, it has to have at least two named characters in it. Two named female characters. Two named female characters. Number two, have to talk to each other. Correct. And then number three, it has to be about something other than a man. Correct. It can't be about relationships. Right, right. So that is the Bechtel test, and um, I think I became aware of this maybe a couple of years ago when someone was talking about the Marvel movies and how those sometimes pass and sometimes don't pass. And I was like, what, what does that mean? So I looked at it, and I can totally understand where this test is coming from in terms of the criteria for, for this. So I'm wondering for you guys, when did you first find out about this test you can give a movie? Last year, I'd say. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of a new thing. Yeah, it's relatively making its way around. Mm-hmm. I I just heard about it from uh, when uh, we were talking about this episode, when oh, we were planning this uh, episode. Nice. So, All right. All I mean, right. I think I might have heard the words mentioned before, but I never sure, like, sure. heard any discussion about it or anything like that. So it was kind of one of those things where it's like, I think I've heard the name, but I never did any research on it or even knew what it was. Yeah, so yeah. we we talked about using the Bechtel test for the films that we were going to talk about in this episode, um, at, at which point I started making a mental list of all the sort of movies that I thought, Godzilla movies specifically, that had strong female leads and would pass this test. Nope. Man, it is really <laughs> abysmal and how many do not pass. Um, the ones that I initially thought of were Godzilla vs. Gigan and Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster, just off the top of my head. It was, these were less like, I think this is going to pass the test and more like, I feel like this is a strong female character, right? Right. Like, yeah. So I had listed Godzilla X Mechagodzilla and I think, um, now I'm drawing a blank on what I initially listed. Oh, yeah. We um, talked about the Ultraman. Oh yeah. yeah. So and I was Ultraman, thinking, yeah, yeah. Ultraman yeah. with yeah. the Fuji, you know, and we episodes. discovered it didn't by our little movie marathon. No, it didn't. That um, was like a weird, disappointing movie marathon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was. We discovered it, a cartoon had passed the Bechtel test better than the movies did. It was hard. (laughs) That cartoon specifically, no, no question. Right. Right. And so what we did is I, well, what I did later on is I sort of just like mentally went through the entire run of Godzilla films Mm. and we're going to talk about some other movies as well, but I, I don't know if you guys can have an example like this too, but I will say that there were some movies that I was surprised 
didn't really pass the Bechtel test. And I obviously, as we were talking about earlier, like we talked about kids movies. I was the one that sort of said like, eh, I don't know if we should bring up kids movies because they're for kids, but I don't know how valid that is, you know? Well, maybe they're giving them stronger female role models or now, or the women are actually having discussions of substance that aren't dealing with relationships. Yeah. But again, most of this they is, don't. they're talking about monsters. <laughs> they fail. And, and a lot of the movies we thought, like I said, uh, Geigen, Godzilla vs. Geigen. Yeah. I think I brought up Biolante. Somebody else might have done that. We, yeah, oh, yeah we watched we Biolante. Yeah. We, we'd hope, but the women, the two women in the, in the movie never spoke to each other. Yeah. So they stood next to each other. Too. Right? Mm-hmm. But they never spoke yeah, to one another. It's like, where, come on, I'm begging you to have a conversation with each other. Just, like, look just at so each you other. Can pass the test. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but regardless, I mean, in Geigen, Yuriko Hishimi's character is the karate kicking badass chick. And totally. we, all, we oh, love yeah. her, you know, yeah. I love her. I think yeah. she's amazing. And like, she's totally a linchpin in the film. Like if they hadn't had the badass karate chick, mm-hmm. they would have gotten their asses handed to them when the bad guys showed up at their apartment. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they probably would not have survived that night without her help. Anyway, uh, that's, that's me reading too much into the but movies. She but she still, like, she still had the part where doesn't she faint from the cockroaches? Yes. So the that's a little, yeah, yeah. like, really? Like, we were, both know. Rachel and I were like, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to say that, um, if, if more than, like, a movie barely passes the Bechdel test for, for this stuff, it's usually like, that kind of reaction like oh yeah but she didn't have a conversation with another female yeah it was that's what yeah that she didn't pass that's for that's sure. why it didn't yeah. pass. so godzilla versus geigen did not pass godzilla yeah. versus biolante did not pass no. i thought for sure those two like mickey segusa mm-hmm. was going to be talking to asuka for uh at least some sort of psychic advice not yeah. not, not at all boy advice but they didn't Nothing. talk at all um, you know, so a majority of the show movies, there are a couple that were like maybes for me. Like, honestly, in the same vein of like kids movies, etc. Not that Mothra versus Godzilla is a kids movie, but like, do we count the Shobijin? You know, the fairies, do we count them? Because, sure. Okay, well, but, but here's my argument for that. The, sh- the fairies, at least in the Showa films, mm-hmm. right? And even in the Heisei, early Heisei stuff, they are like one character essentially right they're it, they're one entity they never get separated they're always together so they're kind of like a foil for the film as opposed to an actual character as a twin i have to uh, say that you're going to punch me in the that face that did spike <laughs> a little bit of rage in my heart because i was one of those people that i was your coward is one rachel as so I, when I was younger, hated being a twin because I just wanted to be an individual. I'm my own person. Sure, I am not yeah. the same as her. And my sister loved being a twin and she wanted us to dress the same all the time and be considered twins and be talked about. Well, she, this is my twin and we're twins and look, we're twins. And I just hated it. And I was like, I'm me. No, like I'm not always, I don't always have to be associated with her. So just hearing that brought up some like young rage in me that I was like, <laughs> oh, but at the same time, that is how it is presented in the movie. So I guess they kind of speak with one voice, looking right? Looking at it without my subjective opinionated being a twin outlook, then <laughs> I could say that they are presented as, I mean, in the fact that they sing together and they say things kind of together and sure, all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are treated that way. But uh, Bechtel test wise, 
it's yeah, it's kind of a stretch to say. I guess they don't really have a conversation with one another that where they're speaking like like about things like so much directly like having oh yeah yeah, they only interact with the little boy oh yeah Yeah, it it really doesn't pass anyway but sorry. anyway, but sorry, so, no. but you know, thanks for bringing up that old pain there, Kyle. <laughs> Some you know, cool. salt in your wounds. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> That's right. I nowadays, my sister and I get along great, and I love being a twin, and I don't care because as adults, it's like you kind of lose some of that um, sensitivity mm-hmm. <laughs> about things, and it helps that we are incredibly different. So <laughs> twins count. Yes. Rachel. I Thank you. Okay. Be- yeah. I mean. <laughs> I apologize. I yeah, apologize. And I am an individual. I'm not the same as her. We're not one unit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a number. I'm yeah. not. A, yeah. <laughs> I'm a free man. Um, um. But anyway, so when you get into the Mothra fairies, I'll just say yes. from now on out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> there's well, multiples. You, yes. There's multiples. <laughs> So there are actually multiples, but you know, the, I think that's the reason that I'm sort of like, I was having trouble, yeah. you know, in that, tr- and, and honestly, in Mothra versus Godzilla, Yuriko Hoshi's character Junko does speak with the fairies at one point. Oh. And it's, but you know what I mean? But it's like, she's, she's pleading a case. It's not necessarily a conversation but back and that's forth. A, it's, you know? But that's the thing about the beauty about the Bechdel test though, is it's like, it can be a really limited conversation, mm-hmm. but as long as the conversation isn't relating to relationships about a man, it's, it passes. Okay. So technically that's a pass. Sweet. That's good because that's one of the best Godzilla movies ever made. So, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, so Mothra versus Godzilla, like King Kong versus Godzilla is another one where they, the women do talk about boys, like yeah. and they don't necessarily talk too much about them because again, a lot of this stuff is taking a backseat to the monster action stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not character driving right. at all. Right. Yes. Yes. Although, uh, uh anyway, we're not going to go through every single movie. And talk about which ones passed and which ones failed. Um, talk about camera passing. Yeah, yes. well, well, so all the way through the Heisei, there's like gi- the Showa era, there's giant chunks of, of failure for the Bechtel test. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get to the Heisei era, and the Heisei era is a little bit of a mixed bag. You've got, mm-hmm. you really only have one real strong female character throughout the entire thing that's Mickey Sagusa. Yeah. And then there are other female characters that come in and do a great job of of either being a main character or supporting character. The one that I was thinking of was Mothra versus Godzilla. Again, going with Mothra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the character Masako, who is divorced from... Now, this is where it sort of falls apart at the end. But at the beginning of the movie, she is really trying really hard to be aloof and not want to deal with her ex-husband who has been caught mm-hmm. <laughs> in some sort of Indonesian temple of doom scenario. You know, he's the Indiana Jones of, of that area, I guess. But you know, she is the lead character and she does a really good job of being the lead until they release him from prison. And then it's a constant, like they're really snippy with each other, you know? So it's mm. kind of, she kind of devolves a little bit into it, the relationship aspect of their yeah. of their relationship, uh, the fact that they've split up and the fact that they have a daughter together, and yeah, it's just it's unfortunate when you have a, a movie like this, mm-hmm. like Mothra versus Godzilla has 
Masako, Miki Sagusa, the little daughter Midori, and that has the Shobijin in there. So it's mm-hmm. like there's a lot of potential for good character development, but yeah. I don't think anybody really develops too much. They sort of stay stagnant once you've introduced them. Like once you yeah. introduce the character, that's her. She's a divorcee. There's your story. And that's all she's going to talk about. Pretty yeah. much. That's yeah. all. I mean, it's unfortunate because that's not how I'd like to see these characters develop. But, but do you need a developed, like, that's the thing of it, though. Do you need a developed human interaction to push the kaiju story? Yes. Like, I, I but do I need do I need seriously developed characters? I believe that. I, I'm, with, I'm with you. To make a good kaiju film. Mm-hmm. Right. Anybody yeah. can make a crappy kaiju film, sure. right? Like yeah. there are so many crappy kaiju films out there. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it. Like as long as you have the money and the resources, you can do it. To make a good kaiju film, I think that it takes a lot more of the machine working together in, mm-hmm. you know, in sync with everything else. Really, that script and those characters are what drive the film. And it's it so, goes for both yeah. men and women. So like, I love to say this, Godzilla vs. Monster Zero has the best, most fun story in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Very little kaiju action. Oh, the human true. characters that's drive true. almost the yeah. entirety of the movie. And they're great. And I like they're I know those characters. I love those characters. So I love seeing well developed characters, be they men, be they men or women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's what the problem with showing this how the Bechtel test shows mm-hmm. that conversations are basically baseline down to we talk about relationships yeah and that's how the development of those characters works that's the bummer that's the bummer (laughs) but you know you know like uh i'll read in a little while the bechtel test isn't everything you know right no it's not whether or not a film is actually good because i I gotta stress that because i love all the film has strong female characters absolutely Mm -hmm. but there's better representation right yes Actually, I talked a little bit about the Heisei stuff sort of being like iffy on the passing and failing. The one thing I wanted to mention was that Destroya, Godzilla versus Destroya, oh, yeah. passes, but it's so annoying to me as someone who enjoys seeing strong female characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the female characters in that movie are a reporter named Yukari, another psychic girl named Meru, and of course, Miki Sagusa. Mm hmm. With that lineup of women and their strong characters, for the most part, it seems like there could be some really good ass kicking going on. Right. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Yukari takes a total backseat to her scientist semi boyfriend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So she's out of the of the story essentially. She spends some time in peril, of course. Uh, but then <laughs> can't leave that out. No, no. <laughs> but Meru and Miki are both psychics. They both sort of work together and they have a conversation. I was shocked at how like horrifying this conversation was to me because one of them is just like, I can't wait to stop being a psychic and I can just find a man and settle down and have a family. <laughs> and I was like, what is this doing in my Godzilla movie? <laughs> and now it's like, once you've, once you start getting in, noticing the Bechtel test, you'll start noticing it more and more. And it's terrifying, terrifying <laughs> how many films you watch that that's happens. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's actually take a sidebar here because yeah. we're ending the Godzilla Heisei series. And we, Briefly talked about Mothra. There's a Mothra series, which if you're going to give that the Bechtel test, they would all pass because 
those now those shobijin are individuals, right? They are mm-hmm. not always synchronously talking. They're That's not true. wearing the same thing. Those twins get to be their individual selves, Yay, Rachel. I can relate. But all three <laughs> of those movies have very, I mean, very involved tales with yeah. all, all of those characters. And cool. Belvera, you know, yeah. the other the other baddie, the uh, bad mm. fairy, I guess you could call her. Uh, she's part of the crew, too, especially by yeah. the third movie. Anyway, that's not what we really want to talk about with this diversion off the Godzilla stuff. We really want to dive into the Heisei Gamera movies. Yes. Yay. As we've mentioned several times on the show, we have a good friend of the podcast named Ayame Chiba, and she has been very prolific recently writing in magazines like G-Fan about really interesting I don't want to say things that no one's ever thought of before about these kaiju films, but she's really giving a lot of history that unless you know this stuff going into the movie, Mm -hmm. you'd never be able to find out about it. You'd never know about it. Like, I have watched Gamera 3 so many times, so, so many times. And she just rolled in and was like, oh, hey, here's this information about the the four uh, north, south, east, west monster things and the, you know... Just really just throwing down the knowledge, throwing down the knowledge gauntlet. And it's been very cool having her as a part of the the genre, especially the part of the fandom. I'd like to read that piece because I was curious about those monsters. Oh, yeah, you should totally. Yeah, that's in that's uh, in one of the G-Fan episodes. I'll have to link to it in the show notes. Uh, So I asked her if she actually wanted to be a part of this episode. And unfortunately, she couldn't do it. But she did supply some information. So while we're talking about the Heisei Gamera movies here, I might dip into some of her stuff here and we'll just kind of like mm-hmm. read it as it comes up. So what did you guys love most about the Gamera trilogy? Asagi. Yes. <laughs> we do just love, love Asagi. Like she starts off so innocent the first film and um, gets that charm and has a psychic bond with Gamera and kind of develops into a woman through the films as you watch the, the third film. She's just a great, like, well-rounded character. She's yeah. smart. She's um doesn't seem to be terribly interested in boys, which is great. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember any any boy activity at all. I think she was in the first film. There was some like flirtation, wasn't there? Oh, with, with the, the kids with, in the classroom. No, the older the older gentleman who the the, the um, one that kept visiting her and her father. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, Asagi, obviously. Very strong character. Carries Gamera at certain times in the trilogy. And such a great trilogy. Oh, my gosh. For the same reasons I love these characters, that's also why I love the actress in GMK. Shusuke Kaneko is the same director who did that movie and these films. Oh, that's why they had the same feel. Yes, absolutely the same vibe. I really feel like Shusuke Kaneko knows how to make a movie. Like That guy can make a movie that can properly tap into my heartstrings. Not that I'm like sympath- super sympathetic to characters in these movies, but it's a, I'm a lot more engaged. Everybody's more developed. Characters in his films than I am in many, many other kaiju films. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, there's not as much government in these. Um, there's not as much protocol in them. Mm, so right. your, the characters get to be regular people experiencing Without having a lot of like, um, like bureaucratic tape to go through. 
Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I just appreciate that they also are, like, in smart roles, like, the in Gamma Guardians of the Universe, as well as, well, the other films, um, the female lead, the scientist. Oh, uh, yeah, is Nagamine. Yeah, so she... She is, um, I just appreciate that it's like, she, especially her with kind of the one, the guy that's kind of a goofball. Oh, Osako, yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, he makes her look even smarter because he's kind of a goofball. And you see sure, that in yeah. some of the other kaiju films. I mean, that was in Godzilla vs. Guy again. You saw that too, kind of a goofy male counterpart mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the smarter, strong woman. I can always appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, um, so... I loved what Ayame Chiba pointed out, which was that Nagamine starts off not wanting to be involved. She's being asked by the police for their help, for her mm-hmm. help. And yeah. she's like, I don't, I, I, I'll do this, but I don't really want to get involved. And then mm-hmm. she immediately, in that helicopter, mm-hmm. wait, actually even before the helicopter, when they're on the island, when she sees how big the bird is, her switch is flipped, right? I yeah. talk a lot oh, about yeah. Godzilla's switch being flipped in Ghidra, the three-headed monster. You can mm-hmm. see where she's like, oh my gosh, that thing's going to kill people. I yeah. have to go. And she becomes that hero character so early in the movie. The more the movie progresses, the bigger a hero she's really becoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I love Nagamine, and I'm glad they brought her back for Gamera 3 as well. Yeah. yeah. But Gamera cool. 2 is amazing. I mean, I love... Uh, I think her name's Midori. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's Midori. <laughs> yeah, she's Cute. awesome. She's and like I even they remember pass the Bechtel test because they communicate with one another. Her and Asagi. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was actually afraid that that wasn't gonna pass because they don't have too much time together. Mm, you know. Yeah. But that I mean I don't know how you guys feel about Gamera too, but Gamera two is also one of my you know toppest ranking. I liked it. It was really good. films ever. That was scary, like the the Legion. Ooh, yeah, I love <laughs> them. Oh, Speaking of an, another yeah. female kaiju, Legion. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the queen. That's, That's the right. Legion mother. I didn't think about uh-huh. her. Yeah. Mama Legion. <laughs> so yeah, like the first movie had Asagi and, uh, and Nagamine, and the second movie has Asagi and Midori, and the third movie has even more women, has Nagamine and Asagi and also introduces Ayana and uh, yeah. Miss Asakura. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the kind of evil lady. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she... Now, that's like... That's unfortunately for me, that's like one of those characters that I'm like, I'm having a hard time wrapping my own suspension of disbelief around that character and like yeah, being she, able to she feels find a little her final wars to me. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, not okay, that okay, that was harsh. You're right. I that was that was a little harsh. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> I, I can't I, I take it back. Okay. <laughs> that's good. But but uh so but seriously, like the three of those films I think even if they didn't pass the Bechtel test, obviously they do, the mm-hmm. last two. Yeah. They have such strong female characters. I mean I even yeah. like the little the little girl that summons um was it Idris or Idris? Idris. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I wanted yeah. to be like Iris <laughs> every you, time I read it. Technically you can call it yeah. Iris. I mean it's like an English language name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taken from the English language. Which I thought was cute that she was like, oh, Yeah. I Iris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and we can talk a little bit if you want to about how Iris is a cute baby kaiju. She so, was. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know. With she no mouth. Cute. Yes, totally. And well, Iris is a male, though. 
Oh, what? So, true, yeah. True, yeah. True. So, after uh, we did the Gamma 3 Daikaiju discussion, mm-hmm. um, Ayame Chiba had written to me um, because we were discussing on the episode about we weren't sure if Idris was male or female, or I think, or I can't remember exactly what I said on right, the episode, yeah, yeah. but we were kind of questioning it because it's in America, at least, it's um, pretty commonly a female name. Um, and we say Iris, but, uh, so she wrote to me with some information, (laughs) um, about it. And she said, first, Iris is almost universally regarded in Japan as being male. There are many reasons for this. First, Iris is described in the script and movie title as an, as a false god, Jashin, not a false goddess, Nisei Megami. And sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Secondly, Iris got his name as a tribute to Ayana's pet cat. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that that was killed in the same incident that her parents were slain in, not given to Iris because it was female. And thirdly, there's the whole concept of the penetrating tentacles <laughs> made famous oh, no. as a symbol of male sexuality. And Hokusai's Edo period would cut the dream of the fisherman's wife. Which itself. Have you seen that? Yes. Oh no! Just saying. Itself is said to have given inspiration to the unfortunate subgenre that mm-hmm. we don't need to talk about. And f- <laughs> yes. f- fourth, Iris is also not the same as the English female name Iris, despite it often being romanized as such. It is pronounced more like Edis. Ah. how she writes it. So, yeah, like you, you, I think you said it pr- yeah, correctly. Yeah, Edis. Yeah. Edis, eh? <laughs> I apologize to any people who understood that. <laughs> <laughs> and fifth, most practically, if you have a figure of Edis handy, you'll see a huge bulge in the crotch area. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and his design as a baby was also meant to be phallic. Well, this movie just became even more fabulous so, for me. It's Seriously. It's a great movie. Yeah. Thank you, Ayame, for your information. I know. Isn't it awesome? Because <laughs> that know. is spectacular. Yeah. Very I cool. would never have thought in that moment when she was in the in the shed talking to Edis and like he's all tentacly and she goes, ah, I was like, oh. No way. Oh yeah, it's a <laughs> Now I know. Honestly, in the um She was awakening forest, as a woman. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in the forest when they have their sort of, you know, tense encounter. Yeah. The, I spent so much time as a younger kaiju fan just kind of like blissfully ignoring that and just being like, I don't no. I was at a magical blissful ignorance until just now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't well, read too much into it. Thankfully, the internet and now... filled me in. <laughs> but I didn't even draw the correlations of the fisherman's wife, but now I know. Yeah. Thank you again, mm-hmm. Ayame. Yeah, she's pretty great about sending in stuff like that. <laughs> she's pretty awesome. So, um, and you know, the cool thing is I don't have to read everything she wrote here because she's actually going to be incorporating a lot of this information into an upcoming article. So oh, cool. Now that I know, it's just terrifying. I know. I'm kind of like, huh? <laughs> I feel weird. <laughs> I've just changed that movie for me. <laughs> so one of the, the, the only other points that Ayame brought up here in this, in this piece about the Gamera trilogy is that she absolutely points out that none of these women are hindered by them being women. Absolutely. They immediately yeah. jump into their roles. It's they their, are just yeah. as smart, mm-hmm. just as capable. Yep. And 
can perform equally as men in the same situation. They don't fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or faint. Or, they all wear yeah. sensible shoes. Have to be saved. Yeah. In fact, isn't Asagi saving her friend who broke her leg on the slopes in the Gamera 2? That's like, true. Oh, she yeah. is. Double hero. You know? Yeah. It's good stuff. All right. Now that we've finished talking about Gamera, the guardian of the universe, let's actually do a little bit more work for him and save the Earth with this catchy track from Godzilla vs. Hedra. see a lot of parallels between the kaiju community and the comic book community uh, yeah except the kaiju community is so much smaller and one of the things that i dislike about online communities in general is the negativity right this i can't stand being negative i'm at that point in my life where i'm like i don't need to be angry about people dressing up in giant rubber costumes you know no. Uh, but so I think all of those places for me, at least they should be a place of enjoyment where everybody gets to hang out. And honestly, the, the one thing that I've noticed over the years, just because that's been the way it is much like the comic book community stuff is that Godzilla and his rubber suited foes, they garner a very dude audience and I'm a dude. I love Godzilla movies, but I've noticed with the comic book communities more women have been showing up. Mm-hmm. And in turn, I'm seeing that a lot more in the Godzilla groups too. A lot more women are joining. And like, honestly, in previous years, the majority of women that I would see in a Facebook group dedicated to Godzilla would be like so-and-so's wife. Yeah. <laughs> so-and-so's girlfriend. And now we're starting to get a lot more people who are testing things out and trying mm-hmm. trying out this Godzilla group. I just wish that the fandom, whatever you want to call the G fans, more would accepting. be more accepting of of women. I've heard from several women 
that they don't feel like there's a really good place for them to hang out, they get chastised for being chicks, essentially. Or you get your um, you get your knowledge checked constantly. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like a pissing contest, so to speak. Yeah, prove you're a Godzilla fan. Well, okay, so I can't be cute and a Godzilla fan. Just saying. <laughs> I think it's lame. But I, mean, I honestly, it's one of those things where, like, I mean, and it's it goes on the other side too. Like, I I honestly feel like because it. The, the fandom is so dude-centric. Sometimes guys are just like, oh my gosh, it's a girl! And they get really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with these reactions at all, but it's like, don't... Don't touch. Don't come across as crazy. It's Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm asking people to find that balance, you know, of being accepting, but not being like, mm, overly accepting. You know, my lady. Milady. Can I get you some dragon seed, but, my lady? <laughs> let's not go there. The, the, um, I just wanted to say that about the fandom. It's one of those things that I've noticed. It's one of the things that sort of like as we – it's going to happen. We are going to get more and more female fans that Maybe join we'll have a this female genre. Director. That would be awesome too. Yeah. You know? I mean, we have a female composer, Michiro Oshima, who will mm-hmm. be at G-Fest this summer at Chicago's Rosemont area. I can't remember what it's called. Be at G-Fest this summer. <laughs> <Just leave it back. laughs> but uh, anyway, I just, uh, I don't know why I felt like I needed to bring that up right after the song, but uh, I'm glad I did. Yeah. I'm glad mm-hmm. I did. And, you know, if you're in one of these groups, if you're on a forum and there's a, a female that joins the forum, you know. I'm not saying go easy on them, but like, don't be so confrontational that they get scared off from being a Godzilla fan. They want to talk about Godzilla movies too, guys. Totally. Indeed. I can attest to that because these, these chicks up in here want to talk about Godzilla movies. (laughs) (laughs) But, but seriously, like, uh, I mean, have you guys experienced any of that stuff? I know, Rachel, you're not really on too many groups. I'm, I don't think I'm on any like Godzilla groups, at least on social media. But, you know, I, I went to G-Fest once and there were, I, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I saw one woman and it was the janitor. And oh, no. <laughs> no, no, just, there's no actually there's, now. yeah, there, and I did end up seeing like, you know, some women, but just, and I was saying it really because it was just the majority is dudes, which I love dudes. I love hanging out with dudes. Most of my friends are dudes. But at the same time, it does make you feel a little intimidated that you're like, oh, there's no other girls that like monsters. <laughs> like, and so I promise I don't want to talk you know, about relationships. It, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it it is great when you can feel included. And I've been very lucky that um, most of my experience being a Godzilla fan has been very positive. That's um, good. That's like really good. Coming yeah. here, of course, to Portland and, of course, being friends with Kyle and being friends with all the other kaiju casters, I immediately felt welcome and felt like part of the group and felt like I was never questioned about, you know, my knowledge and things like that. Although I openly admit that I'm like, I don't remember anything, but (laughs) I love it all. So, (laughs) you know, what's funny is when Sean Goyburn and Julian Moraga came on for their episode, Mm -hmm. I totally was like, uh, yeah, I thought it'd be kind of cool to go through this Godzilla trivia. (laughs) I absolutely (laughs) was like, Asking them trivia on the spot with no prep. Oh my gosh. Rude. So, so, well, hey, you know, I got to really test out these Godzilla fans that want to be on the Kaiju cast. That's right. And it's a good thing that uh, just my 
awesome personality and good looks have kept me on the show. Yeah. Yeah, girl. Boom. There's a high right. five happening back there. Yeah. <laughs> For the people who can't see what's going on Because I can't win at trivia other than because of uh, <laughs> my amazing guesses that get me points. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's sort of round out the show with some of our favorite female characters from these kaiju films. I'll leave your listeners promise to be gentle with me about my um, pronunciation of Japanese names. I think generally speaking, the kaiju cast has done the best job on Japanese name pronunciation. Sweet. But I could be. <laughs> <laughs> I just have like a few greatest hits list, which is. Emiko, because she made the decision to reveal the Oxygen Destroyer in Godzilla 1954. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Naoko Shindo, which was played by Yuriko Hoshi from Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster, because she really does move her section of the plot forward quite a bit. And I do love how her brother has his own plot line, and then the two interweave very well, and she never loses being that character until she's kind of just not on screen anymore. I'm going to go with the little girl with the plant in uh, Godzilla X Mechagodzilla as my favorite. Ah, Sarah. Sarah, yeah. Sarah <laughs> in Godzilla X Mechagodzilla. She's great. I, I just think that I can relate to her so much as a little kid. And, and I think that she still, she shows a lot of strength and she shows a lot of like character development in that movie, even at being um, a child. And I really loved that about it. Did I tell you that after we did that discussion... A couple of people actually wrote in and were like, wow, I've never thought about that before, that aspect of that movie before. Rachel really opened my eyes to that. That's awesome. So I love good that. Job. I got, good job. Thank you. Yeah, I got some personal messages about it, too, from some different people. So awesome. that was cool. Yeah. How about Kozasa Hanobusa for summoning the mm. Daimajin? Oh, yeah. And Daimajin 1966. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's great because, I mean, she's like one of those characters that – when she feels like she's tried everything she can to either wake up or stop Daimajin. Yeah. And then she sort of like makes the ultimate sacrifice both times, essentially. Like, so the first time she offers to kill herself to bring Daimajin to life. And then in the end, she offers to sacrifice herself so that Daimajin stops killing everybody. <laughs> Good character. Very good character. And unfortunately not like a super strong character, but but she's a great character. Like this is what this top hits list is about. Like it's not Bechtel test passing and it's not those kind of things, but these are just strong female characters that's kind of stood out to me as far as my list is concerned. Mm-hmm. I've already mentioned her several times, but Yuri Tachibana from Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. Something about her drive to see the story through, you know, and again, she's a reporter, you know, like I've mentioned that several times in the podcast. I love it when the military is not the protagonist that really defeats or or takes us to the end of the film. It's, I like it better when Mm -hmm. it's a scientist or a reporter. Now in GMK, they also had the father helping, but like, again, like she, throughout the entire movie, she's incredible throughout the Mm -hmm. whole thing. So definitely in my top picks. I'm going to go. I We've mentioned her a few times. Uh, Mickey Sagusa, I just think, is an awesome character. Yeah. Um, and her just throughout the Heisei series. I love the Heisei series. And so I just think that she really stands out as like, especially to see that her um, 
what's the word continuity throughout you know mm-hmm, bringing mm-hmm. continuity throughout the films i think is awesome emmy kano for piloting mecha king girara in godzilla versus king girara um 1991 she's great <laughs> she's actually you know what's funny is like when you're talking about the heisei era yeah just in general just for me at least and i mean i'm guessing more than just me but i'm mm-hmm. taking absolute responsibility for what i'm saying by myself here so those movies in general are fairly boring like the human element where i was talking about monster zero really carries me through to the end mm-hmm. the heisei G- movies in general I kind of just want to see the special effects stuff. I don't think that the the stories are as engaging. And when you get the more engaging tales like, oh my gosh, this monster was made from being activated by the original Oxygen Destroyer when it was yeah, released in 1954. Right. Like, that's the kind of thing that makes me go, ooh, I love awesome, me some continuity. Right? Yeah. yeah. But like, a lot of the Heisei movies are just kind of bland. Even the time travel thing, I think a lot of the listeners also know that Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah is not one of my favorites because the time travel just <laughs> borks it all to hell. But the Dorats! Right, the Dorats sure. are adorable! They're kawaii, ne? Kano's character from Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah is a great story. Yes. Like, and a great character. Totally. She's just kind of in a boring movie, unfortunately. Yeah. In my opinion. To each his own. To each his own. I like their, those exactly. puppets, though. Those yes. were really cute oh, puppets. Oh, they're fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. So great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think if I had to go with another one, I would actually go with um, Kiriko Sujimori from Godzilla X Megagiris. She has the chip on her shoulder from the very beginning of the film. And she does have a really nice character arc that takes her all the way to the end. And yeah. she is yeah. absolutely the main character of that movie. It's unfortunate the movie isn't as good as I want it to be, at least the last mm-hmm. quarter of it. But she's a great character. Well, I think we have to have a soggy on the well, list. Yeah. We just got to bring was, Asagi Asagi is yeah, the best. I mean, we just got to end on her, right? And like, she's the best. She's so. the best. She's pretty yeah. awesome. I mean, who else? She's Steven Seagal's daughter. That's, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say who else has, you know, a connection to Gamera, but, you know, Steven Seagal's daughter. She wins. She wins. Mm-hmm. She wins. Yeah. And she never has, like, a flaw, like, throughout the entire, I mean, if anything, she's just constantly a good character. And mm-hmm. she doesn't seem to fall back on, like, needing family helper pressures mm-hmm. or things like that. She's, like... So, in an, in a job interview... When asked what her negative qualities are, she'd say, I guess I'm just too much of a perfectionist. (laughs) That is my default. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this is, I've had a really good time talking with you ladies about ladies in kaiju films. Yeah, we Mm -hmm. forgot the kaiju girls. Oh, Oh, right. We should talk about that real quick. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. We, Rachel, you and Brian and I mentioned the Kaiju mm-hmm. Girls in an episode. I think it was a Yak Attack episode a few months ago. Maybe, yeah. Super briefly. But uh, how would you guys describe the Kaiju Girls cartoon? They're the Ultraman pocket villains is what you guys said? Yeah, so from yeah. Ultra 7, there are three pocket monsters. That, uh, oh, my gosh. Wyndham. Yeah. Aguilar. Yes. And the other one whose oh, name um, is escaping mm, Meekless. Yeah. Meekless. Yes. So those are the three pocket monsters that Dan Moroboshi has as Ultra Seven. And for some reason, those are the main characters 
of kaiju girls. And they don't explain why. No, they no. don't explain why. I don't think any explanations needed for it at all. <laughs> yeah. But your girl. <laughs> so Pig Mom's in it. Yeah. Yeah. And she ha- she shows up occasionally. She's a teacher. Um, yeah, she's a teacher. It's great. Um, and so they're kind of, they're really short episodes. They're like, what, five minutes long? Yeah, I think they're and actually about five or six they're minutes. They're just yeah. like cute animated little girls being super adorable and cutesy and, and powerful and, and powerful yes, yeah yeah i don't know i guess the closest thing i can think of that a lot of people probably know about is powerpuff girls yeah it's very like sure, much like yeah. powerpuff girls actually i will i it's like not as funny on purpose as powerpuff girls right no. but still funny yeah. Very, actually, very Japanese sense of humor kind of yeah. to the stories. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely Powerpuff Girly. It's about development, feel. too. I mean, they, their, their storyline is as they're, they, these three pocket monster girls went to, uh, want to become kaiju girls, which are kind of like a, a superhero type thing in this, in this reality. And the they, kaiju girls universe. Right. Well, that's, a, they're, and they call themselves the girls. That's their, um, acronym. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and each story is about the development of each one learning how to become their monster or their kaiju character. And they use a um, a device called Soul Swipe. <laughs> Soul Rider. Soul Rider. That's right. And really they swipe yeah. their phones it's, and transform. They have like a little PDA or something. Yes. Yeah? <laughs> it's a cute show. And I'm interested to see if it actually continues past what we already have. Yeah, there's like mm-hmm. um, eight episodes or something already. I can't remember. Oh, man. I don't know. That, but don't they're really me. short. Yeah, they're really short. So altogether, you're looking at maybe about like an hour of programming or something. Really fun to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If even that. <laughs> but, so again, this has been a blast talking with you guys about this. I'm curious, though. This was, in a sense, this is another Kaiju cast experiment where we are going through these movies and sort of on the lookout for strong female leads, on the lookout for you know, movies that are going to pass the Bechtel test. What were your takeaways from this? I would say for me, um, it was really interesting because I I do love a, mo- a movie with a good, strong female role, of course. I mean, Aliens is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I Sigourney Weaver is a hero of mine. You know, I just, I love those strong female roles. But when I think about kaiju movies, I've never thought of like a strong, like Sigourney Weaver type character being in any of them. I mean, Asagi's probably the closest to that that you can consider, but really it's never been about the human story, even though I, I like those movies much more when they have strong human stories, but it's always been about the giant monsters. And so when I have thought about like when reviewing these films, Yes, I want to talk about the human story, but I don't focus on, oh, was there a strong female role? It's never just been something or a way that I analyze it. Mm -hmm. So, But it's really brought to the forefront that I do wish there were more films with a stronger female character. And I think that that's something that they could approve upon. And even with just the way culture is changing and in Japan as well as, you know, in American kaiju movies, I think that they could easily continue to improve upon that and bring in more strong female characters and my gosh, I would love to see more stuff like the Gamera films where you've got, you know, especially Gamera three where it's like, Oh, so many awesome kick-ass females. Like that's so incredible. And maybe I didn't realize it, but maybe that's why I love that movie so much. Maybe I could put that, you know, easily in my top 10 list 
because of the strong female aspect there. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it, and I think it is important for us to always be looking at that kind of thing because it does affect how people view themselves. It can affect how people view other women and yeah, things like that. So I think it's a, a huge cultural impact. On, yeah, on, on society, yeah, sure. exactly. So I, I think it is important to look at, and uh, and a very interesting and enlightening experiment. I'm I'm kind of with you on the same boat. Is that um. It, it doesn't make or break a film based on whether or not a passing Bechtel test. Um, for me, like, like Rachel was saying that kaiju films weren't about the human element, but again, human element is also an interesting aspect. It would be great to see, um, more female characters that are able to have conversations with that aren't pertaining to relationships or that aren't serving coffee. Um, <laughs> would be, would be rad. <laughs> Uh, or just being pretty scenery. Sure. Yeah. 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 Because a lot of times I see that with, if there isn't a named female character, the female characters that are in the movie that aren't credited later that aren't shown as anything other than a really nice, pretty prop. Yeah. In the background. Again, like I said, it doesn't make or break a film because I, I love kaiju films and I'm looking forward to a future where I'm seeing more strong female characters. Again, like Asagi. And Akane and uh, Midori in those films where like they talk to each other and were able to talk about other things and move the storyline along. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, when I first thought, actually, Lady Kyle, we should give Lady Kyle a little bit credit here. Yeah, yeah she's what it got us all together. Thought that this would be a good episode. And I completely like she just barely got the words out of her mouth. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. So thanks to her for this mm-hmm. idea. Um, but like whenever I thought about kaiju films, I always thought that they had a really great representation of strong female characters. And we, in this experiment, did find out that that is in fact true. We true. do have several, yeah. like a really giant handful of, of strong female leads or female supporting characters. But what was, uh, not a surprise to me at all was that essentially, they take a back seat at a certain point mm-hmm. and then it kind of is almost like, well, the men are here to save the day or the little boys. Or the yeah. little boys. <laughs> but again, all of this stuff is like, is really just subtext and, you know, not part of the main plot, generally speaking. So it's very easy to ignore it. Like I was talking about earlier, like mm-hmm. being blissfully unaware of X, Y, or Z. Right. So I don't feel like, like I'd never wanted this to come across as like a preachy episode and hopefully no. none of the Mm-mm. listeners will think it came across that way. I thought this was a lot of fun talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh you know, I think it it's good to open up the lines of discussion. I think discussion is what sort of brings about change as well as action, of course. Oh, get this. Here's the segue. Hopefully we'll get more women of both action and discussion in our kaiju films in the near future. Yes. <laughs> So uh, I rarely say this anymore, but if you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory, please point your web browsers to KaijuCast.com, where you can see everything that we're about. Every episode is posted there. We have all of our Daikaiju discussions scheduled out for the near future. Oh, Daikaiju discussion reminder, if you are going to be submitting your homework for Kong Skull Island, make sure to send in your thoughts, questions, and reviews before Thursday March 23rd, to be included in the discussion episode. Uh, Now, having said that, thank you, ladies. 
Gretchen Brooks and Rachel Cook. <laughs> Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having Thank me. You. I'm really glad that we were able to talk about this. If we think of more stuff to talk about in the future, women-wise, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so I think we're going to close out the show like we do normally with a song. And this is our last final uh, entry into our women discussion. We're playing a song from Godzilla against Mechagodzilla that is about Akane, a strong female character. Mm-hmm. And this music was composed by Machiro Oshima, a female composer. Perfect. So that's going to do it for this episode. We'll see you real soon. Jamata. Jamata.